Welcome to the Hats All We Know podcast. We're your host, Chris and David. We've done a few special themes episodes recently. We're going to uh, kick it back a notch and just chill and do our regular episodes. So it's going to be four random thoughts that we thought of throughout the week, and we'll find out how little we actually know about each other. Every week, we'll start off with the hat fact, because David is obsessed with hats, as we learned last week. Because of last week, I might have a better shot at some hat questions. Probably not, though. David, what's the hat fact this week? So for this week, I thought we would go and talk about millinery, which, as you know, is someone that makes hats. Or rather, a milliner is someone that makes hats. Millinery is the process of making hats. I thought a milliner was specifically a woman who made hats, because the men were called hatters. But yes, no, you're right. So a milliner is someone who makes, manufactures, sells, designs, you know, uh, women's hats, whereas a hatter is someone who makes, manufactures men's hats. There's a difference in terms just because there was originally a difference in how they were made. Uh, however, my question is going to be about the origin of the term milliner or millinery. I will give you a hint, though. It is not some Latin word meaning to put on or to cap. Oh, is it from Latin? Or sorry, is it from Old English that took it from French that comes from a Latin root? Uh, no. But yeah, no, that is English. Is A lot of English was just the smashing together of a bunch of different languages and calling it a different one. Can you use it in a sentence, please? Sure. A milliner is someone who makes, manufactures, or designs women's hats. The National Spelling Bee has better sentences, usually. Okay, how's this? The milliner made a nice wide-brim hat out of some wheat stalks. That's better. It gives me more context. The origin of it. I Clearly, also, I watch the National Spelling Bee too much if I can just rattle off, like, all the... I mean, you watch the National Spelling Bee, but how's it made your spelling any better? Yeah, I have yet to spell a word correctly while watching the National Spelling Bee. Sounds about right. The Reds hard cider doesn't usually help, but it doesn't hurt either. I don't think the Reds hard cider is what's making you not be able to spell the words correctly. Nope, that's just my state of being. I'm going to go with it's going to... It will come from the term for a paper mill. No. So I thought it was something along those lines too, like milling grain. Yeah. When I first heard it. However, have you ever heard of the city called Milan? Mulan, the movie? Uh, Milan, ma- major city in Italy. Italy, yes, because they have AC Milan, a soccer team. They do, which is what kept coming up when I kept trying to research this, is FC Milan kept coming up, and I'm like, that's not, or AC Milan, I guess, and I'm like, that's not what I'm going for. I don't want to buy hats from you. Well, that's not true. I don't want to buy the hats, I want the hats. But, like, I don't care enough about the team to want to, like, buy it. Fair. But if, if I were to just get a free version of the hat, I'd probably keep it, yeah. But it comes from the city Milan. How? So, in the medieval times, or rather Middle Ages, Milan was a hub for textiles and jewelry and such. And so they were a large hub for selling different types of jewelry, different types of hats, essentially accessories. And they became very well known for making very good accessories, essentially. And so someone that made those in that area was called a milliner from Milan. They were someone from Milan that essentially, if you were saying that this the milliner made me the hat or the milliner made me this necklace, you were going, okay, well, that's good quality then. That's where the term came from. I don't think I would have ever gotten there because milliner does not sound like Milan. Why is it not Milaner? Because like, this is just too clunky. Milaner? It, mm, no. Milliner? Yeah, that sounds... Milliner, technically. There is an I after that two L's going back to the spelling bee. I don't I don't care what letters are there. 
That's why I can't spell. I know. You throw an N in the middle of the town T-O-W-S-O-N. Oh, you mean Townsend. There's no N in the middle. Do you know the town that just got like 41 inches of snow in New York, like in December? I feel like that's a lot of cities, so I can't say that I do. There was one specific one that me and my sister called Binghampton. Oh, Binghamton. Yeah, there's no P, but it's Binghampton. I mean, you do come from a state that town is Charlotte. Charlotte? Yeah. Yeah, Charlotte. I I enjoy that it's Charlotte, Michigan, but Charlotte anywhere else. Like, even people from Michigan will still pronounce it Charlotte if it's in a different state. Milner appears to be late Middle English. Yeah, so it's around 16 to 1800s is when the term seemed to solidify as describing somebody specifically that made hats because women were the ones that made hats and it wasn't until around 16 to 18 century that it became a profession. Oh, so when did the men start making hats? Depends. When, when did the men decide women can't make hats for some reason? When, you know, they wanted to. Oh, okay. That, that's pretty much most of it is, you know. I mean, there were some men making hats. Uh, it was more of like a trade craftsman thing, but not as much women's hats, especially in Milan, just because that was kind of like brewing beer used to be a, you know, women's job. Uh, the making the hats and jewelry and such was the you know, woman's job. Well, I mean, buying hats can be dangerous if you're in Kentucky. Buying hats is dangerous for your wallet regardless. Well, in Kentucky, it's technically illegal to buy like a, a male to buy a wide brim hat without without his wife's consent. And his wife can't buy a hat without like him being there. So just if you have a significant other in Kentucky, just make sure if you're buying a hat, they're aware. Yeah, I really don't see them like chasing them out of the store for it, though. It's Kentucky, you don't know. There is some small town in Kentucky this could happen in. Yeah, I guess chase him after with like a Louisville slugger, like, get out! Again, do whatever you want. Like, I don't I don't understand that, those type of laws. Uh, we could do a whole episode on weird laws. We could, but like, the fact that there are too many of them to quickly mention. Sorry, we could do a year of episodes. <laughs> there we are, there we are, yep. Weird laws are still in the books and state. Oh, the weird laws are in the books and everywhere. Like one of the, so for Brexit, right? Going back and forth on actually, well, we voted that we should, but it wasn't binding. So theoretically, they could have the ability to withdraw at any time on the books and just, which is kind of where they were before, but like now officially, and then just never talk about it. So in a hundred years, they could just be like, oh, look, did you know that we technically are about to leave the EU still? Oh, no, they're, I think they're gone. Oh, are they? Or they're very close. They're, they've now made all their, their trade deals with other with all like the EU countries. Yeah. But anyway, the idea of just, I didn't realize we had this on the books. Yeah. Well, I don't want to really be the one to bring it up because then it, you know, looks worse for us that we didn't actually get rid of it yet. That's not a great one. Like, we don't look good if we don't get rid of it. But I feel like we look worse if we bring up that we still have this as a law and aren't enforcing it. No one knows it exists. Let's just leave it at that, okay? We're not enforcing it. No one seems to give a shit. Good. Yeah. It, it's like the um the marijuana laws in the U.S., where the federal government still considers it a federal crime, but if a state legalizes marijuana, you're technically committing a federal crime, while not actually, if the state legalizes it, the federal government goes, eh, whatever. Nah, states' rights, man. States can do what they want. Ain't no government telling us what to do. That's kind of what the current situation is, is the federal government just looking the other way of like, I don't... I, did you know that that state legalized it and is allowing it? Hmm. I didn't. I didn't know that. Do you know every drug is legal in Oregon? I'm not surprised. I think I did know that. Yeah, no, they just voted in November, like, pretty much, like, everything's legal. Right. And, like, there's an argument to be had that if you legalize, you know, all drugs and then tax them prohibitively, you can pay for the help that the people 
using the drugs might need later. Yeah. You can use that money to help the people. So there is an argument. That's where we went from Milner's being a town in Milan. Also, if you look at trade routes, so like Florence and Venice and such were large trade hubs. Is Milan on like a coast? No, it's inland, pretty far. It's around three other major towns. Oh. Three other major trading hubs. So it's it's essentially on or just off the main trading routes from northern France slash Germany or England, uh, if you're going across land to Italy, but it's inland pretty far from the coast, which is you wouldn't expect from, you know, a major trading hub. But while the, the ports were also major trading hubs, you still, you know, it could be easier if you're in the middle of the continent to just, you can't really go through a water route. I guess even in yield and time. You had to walk sometimes. Uphill both ways in the snow with holes in your shoes. Actually, that last part, probably true. Yeah. Yeah, 100% true. Well, we'll, we'll move on from, I don't really... I don't really know where we ended up there, but we got there. We ended up with apparently legalizing all drugs from where does the term for a woman that makes hats come from? And that's why our transitions are terrible, because it's just four random thoughts. We need those like PowerPoint transitions. Like PowerPoint needs to make transitions for spoken word. For podcasts? For podcasts, or just like, honestly, in just normal conversation. Like if I could just use a PowerPoint, you know, transition while I'm talking to somebody, that would be great. Just, and fade in. New topic. Or like the bars going across, or if I could just add that to a normal conversation, that'd be great. I'd love it. Well, that would be very helpful. Right? But I feel like I'm also developing a theme with my questions here. A lot of my questions, I feel like, deal with animals. Cryptids? Yeah, no. Well, I mean, cryptids can be animals, too. I still don't know the definition for cryptids. A supernatural being. So, like, is Michael Phelps a cryptid? No, he's a human. Because he's pretty supernatural at swimming. He's He's more of a shark. Right, but that's still supernatural. That's more than is natural for a human to be able to do. This animal is real. It does exist. Okay, so you admit that cryptids don't exist. No, they still, they can. They come in and out of existence. This animal has to exist at all times. What animal does not have vocal cords? It was only discovered in 2015 that this animal makes sound. Well, I know that zebras are an animal that nobody thinks make a sound, but they make like a whoop, whoop. That's also how one of my friends laughed. Uh, So whenever they were laughing, I would point out that it sounded like a zebra, which makes them laugh harder. It's amazing. I, I enjoy their laugh a lot. Uh, it's better than like a deep hyena laugh. Yeah, deep hyena laugh just reminds me of like Whoopi Goldberg in Lion King. Who's she in Lion King? Isn't she one of the hyenas? Pretty sure she's one of the hyenas. I cannot tell you who voices a hyena. I'm like almost 100% sure. Yeah, she's Shenzi. In the original or the live action remake? In the original. Well, the more you know. Sorry, the more I know. Well, the more we know. I, I'm, I'm now 100% sure instead of 99.99. I can also be 100 instead of zero. I infinitely improved. So it's not hyena, I think. It is not hyena, no. no they, they have a very famous noise. Yeah. It's also not a fox. We do know what a fox says. Ring, ding, 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 ding. Sorry, that's crazy frog. I don't think giraffes make noises. And they've got a really long neck, so if they had a low vocal cord, that, that thing could get snapped quickly. So you're on giraffes? I'm going to go with giraffes because they also like use their heads and necks as battering rams to like hit things. So like if you had vocal cords there, that would not be fun. Like, can you imagine the Adam's apple on a giraffe? They hit in the body. Well, they hit with their head. Yeah, their neck's like 13 feet though. Their vocal cord could be anywhere. They actually do make a noise. Oh, okay. It was discovered in 2015. Oh, am I right? Yeah, it's a giraffe. They don't have vocal cords. I know they have as many bones in their neck as humans. Yeah. Uh, and their tongue is purple and two feet long and it's amazing. Yes. So they don't make any noise during the day, which is why no one knew they made noises. Because they have great vision, but kind of bad hearing. Sorry, what? I couldn't couldn't hear that. What? So they make a humming noise at night. At night. 
and the frequency of that noise is about 92 hertz. So it's the very low end of a human hearing. Wow, they evolved very well. All right, we're going to make noises, but we're only going to do it when the humans are asleep and at a frequency they can't hear. Good call. And they do that so that way, like, we think the herd can stay together at night. Since in the day they rely on their vision to avoid predators and stay together. But at night, you can't see as well. <laughs> I'd, I'd have to agree. They also have the best mechanism of finding someone in a crowd. They are essentially a periscope. I didn't look up why they had great vision. I'm assuming it's because they have a 13-foot a neck. Yeah, and I imagine when you can see a bit further, it's it's useful if you can actually see a bit further instead of going... Is that blurry thing coming at me a lion or a baby giraffe? Baby giraffe are like six feet tall still. Right, but like if it's if it's trying to be aerodynamic, you get that Naruto run with the head like sticking straight out. One of its, it's running on the two back legs. The two front legs are behind it. They also have a longer neck so that way they could reach the taller leaves and the trees. Yeah, which um, evolution left me behind on that one. Best part though, so this was discovered by constantly filming giraffes at three zoos that consisted of 938 hours of audio for these researchers to listen and to analyze did they did they have a reason to think that they made sounds i think they were just curious they're like i mean they have to communicate somehow they were trying to figure out how they communicate how do they stay together what's the social structure oh hand signals Apparently during the day, it is mostly visual. Sorry, hoof signals. Well, I mean, it, it, you, you know the, like, follow me movement you do with your head? Like, that's very obvious when a giraffe does it. The sup nod? The sup nod, you just like, wow, that's that's a lot of movement for a giraffe. They didn't listen to these this audio. They analyzed it visually, looking for, like, patterns, because they didn't know if we'd be able to hear it. Patterns as in one giraffe looks at another, and then the other giraffe comes over at night? No, as in, like, you have, like, your general background noise of, like, where the giraffes are staying. Is there something besides that? I thought they were watching video and listening to it. They were just re just recording audio. They were just recording audio, and then they were visually analyzing the audio waves. That feels like a program could do that. They did it by hand for all 938 hours. That feels very inefficient. They did say in their paper that they should probably make a program. That's easy to make a program, especially when you're just trying to find signal-to-noise ratio. They do have a voice box, though, giraffes. They just don't have vocal cords, apparently. I, okay, I, I don't know anatomy. What's the difference? I'm not fully sure either, honestly, but I do know that they said that they have a, a, like a voice box, but since their neck is 13 feet long, they can't they can't get enough air. That makes sense to vibrate the flaps. Yep. To vibrate to make like a noise. So maybe if you do ever hear a giraffe making noise, get out of the way. Yeah. Oh, apparently just voice box means larynx. Oh, okay. Well, wait, also, if you hear a giraffe making noise, that means you've got really good hearing. That is true, also. Um, they did say it'd be interesting to see how fast giraffes exhale to see how much airflow they have coming up their neck. They were like, however, to do this, you would have to train a giraffe to blow through it like a straw. Yeah, so for like asthma, they have a peak flow thing. So you, you essentially blow really hard into a plastic tube. And then depending on how much air you have coming out, it raises a little like indicator, I guess. Yeah, we just got to design that for a giraffe. Yeah, I like how their their option was teach it how to do that and not the only way to do this would be to duct tape over its nose and mouth and make sure that the only way it can breathe is through this thing. They're already at zoos. You can probably train them. Right. No, I, I, I just appreciate that their first thought was training and not. There's drafts I think are endangered in the wild. Did they check drafts in the wild or is it only a captivity giraffe thing that they saw humans communicating and figured out a way to do it themselves they only check captivity drafts but i'm pretty sure they're basing this off of the assumption that that's how they're going to keep a herd together in the wild if that's what they're doing 
in a zoo where it's not you don't really need to do it if anything you would evolve to not do that at all because y'all are safe you're not going to get eaten by a lion in the night do you know that because some of the exhibits like there's a lot of open room like to make it you know more of an open concept and while you design it to be safe do the drafts know well they know there's not lions by them the baltimore zoo there's a lion den right next to where the drafts are have you seen the video of the uh, lions trying to attack a giraffe in the wild and the giraffe just like hind kick hind kick one and then just starts running and just like front hooves the other to the ground yeah no one kick from its hind legs can kill just about any animal in the wild i know you said that we were done with themes but i was just in that mindset and i kind i just went for it whoops well i didn't do medieval so it's still not a theme we're good so with castles uh, my question is, what country has the highest density of castles in the world? Well, you're getting a lot quicker at asking questions. I am, mainly because I realized that you don't listen to what I say beforehand when I try to give you clues, so it's it's not worth doing. I know you don't listen afterwards as well, but like by then you've already guessed, and so you tune out regardless. I listen occasionally. Half the time, sometimes you try to make like a subtle clue, and I just don't get it. And then I try to make a less subtle clue, and you're not listening. Yeah, I'm going to go with France because I watched the tour to France and every single stage there's like four castles. All right. It is a European country. That doesn't narrow it down. It doesn't. I guess. Are we going for uh, are we going for density like per area? Yeah. So most castles per area of the country. Oh, OK. Andorra. They have one. <laughs> Such a tiny country if they have one ass to be. Oh, actually, maybe I should guess Vatican, Vatican City then. Vatican City is just a walled in city. I don't. It's technically a country. It, I mean, it is a country. I don't. I don't think it classifies as a castle. It's actually a country in the British Isles. Gibraltar. No. I don't know where the British Isles are. <laughs> like England, Wales, and Scotland are on one isle, and then Northern Ireland and Ireland are on the other. Oh, that's it. I mean, there's the tiny things that are essentially still part of England or Wales or whatever that, that like tiny, tiny islands, but the main two islands are those two. I didn't think it would be England. Okay. So we've got one out of five down. I'll go Northern Ireland. No, it is a UK country, though. So it isn't Ireland either. It's Wales. Oh, that is also a smaller one. It is. Also, Wales is, for basically its entire existence, had just been a staging ground for attacks on different parts and attacks against Wales. And so there have been many different political entities that have ruled over what is currently Wales uh, Wales nowadays. You have the Normans, you have the Celtic people, you have the Romans, you have the Britons, you know, England and modern day. So you have a lot of people warring over that area of land and all of them, whenever they were controlling it, they kept building up castles to protect their land that they just won. England did, English people do like building a good castle. They do. They also like taking over places, so those two work well together. So does every other country in the world, though. Yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. Empire games. Why not get an empire if you can? Well, the United States doesn't have an empire. We just have a bunch of overseas territories. I'm sorry, did you just say the U.S. doesn't have an empire? Is that not what they, like, half-taught you when there was British and French imperialism and then the United States? We, we, we're, we're a democracy. We just took over a bunch of countries. <laughs> Yeah, that, they, they did teach us that of the dirty imperialists over in England. They took over all of these places and just didn't care about the native people there. How dare they? However, owns American Samoa. It owns the Virgin Islands. It owns... It's... But we... They want us to be there. Well, there's the U.S. Virgin Islands and the British Virgin Islands. Right. How could I forget? So, you know, the Virgin Islands just aren't allowed to have control themselves. Yeah. And then there's different levels of owning a country of, well, are they a territory? Are they a 
applying for statehood? Are we even allowing a representative to be in Congress, even if they can't vote? They just sit there? Do we have that for what? D.C. and Puerto Rico? D.C., Puerto Rico. I believe the... Maybe Guam, America, Samoa. Guam and American Samoa also have representatives that just sit there and aren't allowed to vote or anything. So what country do you think has the most castles? Oh, most castles overall? Mm-hmm. Again, France. No, Germany. So close. Pre or post-World War II? So that's that's actually a, a point of contention. So Wales has around 600 castles. Okay. Germany, however, claims that they have around 25,000 castles, but it's unverified. We can't tell exactly how many castles. Well, there's a large gap between 600 and 25,000. We could at least be able to count 601. I think everybody's agreed that they have more than Wales. It's just Wales is a lot smaller. However, currently there's a international society that's trying to go around and count the various castles throughout the world and create a database for them. Seems rough this year. It seems rough in general to just, because this is 2018 that they started doing this and they said that they thought it would take at least 10 years to have the known castles in Germany listed. But your job is literally just travel. If your life goal is to like travel the world, that's this is your job. Oh yeah, no, if, if, you're, if, if your life goal is to travel the world, and see castles. You got both of them right here. Yeah. That's perfect. Because even staying in one country, going to 25,000 different places, you could probably get there on foot each time. Probably. You're going to have to find some. Again, we definitely blew some up in World War II. Yeah, so that, that's actually a thing, is they were saying that while, yes, there are a lot of castles in Germany, just looking at them initially, they noticed that a lot of them, they said 20% of the castles in Germany still have a roof on them. That's actually a pretty good percentage. Another 40% are in a state of ruin. That's actually still significantly lower than I would have guessed. While the remaining ones still often exist only as, quote, ground-level monuments, which is only the foundations, if even those. So it seems as though most of the castles are castles. They existed. They did, yeah. They, they existed at one point, but it, it, it seems as though not as much anymore. But yeah, they're, they're looking at, they're trying to count castles in various different countries. Are they doing multiple countries at the same time, or are we like just starting Germany and then we'll move over to Belgium and then France? and then Spain and then Portugal. So they had already counted Netherlands, Austria, Hungary, Czech Republic, Latvia, Finland, and Slovakia. Oh, they got to work. Yeah, they said that their database is the leading database on European castles, which I would say that if you're counting all these these places and like going to them and documenting, well, this one doesn't have a roof. Also, if you're doing all the work, it better be like the best. <laughs> it should be number one on all castles if you're going to castles. Yeah. The cool thing about it, though, is they essentially link the castles for some of them to their actual Google Map location. So you can go on Google Maps, see what it looks like. And you're like, oh yeah, I can see through it. That one doesn't have a roof. That one isn't ruined. That is kind of just a ground structure. I just, I just love that there's a castle encyclopedia or castle database being constructed. And a lot of it is, well, this has technically a foundation. So yep, castle. And you know, once that's completed, you're going to get one, a two week tour of the Finnish castles. I'm, I mean, I'm not sure if that's enough time to finish them. For the low, low price of... $2,000. I mean, honestly, $2,000 for two weeks? Yeah, no, I'd do that. Plus flights. That's that's a great that's a great price. To go around and see all the castles, $2,000 for two weeks? Yeah, please. Uh, if only we had two weeks to take off. Or $2,000. Yeah, that, that might actually be the bigger issue. I feel like it is. Also, the travel aspect, I feel like, is might be the biggest issue at the moment. That will get solved maybe this year. The $2,000 isn't getting solved this year. No, that isn't. Unless, like, something weird happens and I buy a lottery ticket or, you know, win. Two things have to happen there. I have to buy a lottery ticket and win. I don't think either of them are are likely scenarios. They're both equally as likely. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of 
the ones that are in ruin in Germany. You know, there are still some that are intact. One of the castles in Wales. So what made me think of this is I went on a trip to Wales playing. We played in a museum there, the band that I was in. When we were driving through, we were going along the countryside. And it's like just rolling hills on one side with sheep because, again, Wales and England, they are sheep. Specifically Wales. Yes, that's one of their major exports for most of their history is sheep. Well, wool. Anyway, the other side was just a, like, Disney princess-looking castle on the hillside. And it was it was fantastic. We're like, can we go up there? Like, no. But, like, you can look at it. We're like, come on. And then we got to Cardiff. And the middle of Cardiff is Cardiff Castle. I can see that. It's literally across the street from where the Cardiff City FC place. And you can take tours of it. They still have everything intact. They took care of it because it's Wales and Wales likes castles, which and they're all they're all very different, too, because there are different types of people that made each one like different yeah. countries and such and also for different purposes so there's a ton of different types and it is one of the two things in wales as you said castles and sheep yeah they took the longbows yeah no just castles and sheep we'll finish up here with one last fact for me admittedly this didn't really cross my mind throughout the week i was just googling weird trivia facts and this came up i feel like googling weird trivia facts is what crosses your mind during the week yes well i needed to try to find a real obscure one okay why because you didn't like that i got both of them last week and I thought you had a shot at giraffe because I figured you might rational the long neck would make hard to make sound. Also, in second grade, I will have you know that I wrote a uh, academic paper on giraffes. Academic in the fact that I did it for class. I was going to say academic seems like a stretch, but okay. It was not good. So this question is about uniforms. Okay. What was the first service uniform registered at the Patent and Trademark Office. And when I say service, I don't mean like U.S. military service. You mean like police or fire? No, not even like that. Like restaurants, like business. Oh, okay. Like what? pretty much what business was the first one to trademark their service, their uniform that must be worn? All right, so let's see. Who has a, a trademark uniform? Like I don't think it's something like McDonald's or, you know, Subway where it's just boring. Like I feel like it's going to be something... It's not it's not Target with the wear a red shirt and khakis, subway the green shirt, black pants. Right. Like I feel like it's it's gonna be something where it's part of their brand. Yes. That's also why I specified not military, because I figured you would probably guess like the army would be would copy would trademark an army uniform. Yeah, I, I figured somebody would When you said service, I thought you meant like, which are the five branches? And I was like, oof. The Air Force came off of the Navy, so probably not Air Force, but like that's, I don't need to think that way. Also, if one did first, it'd probably just, knowing the branches, it'd be the Coast Guard. Yeah, all the branches have a healthy rivalry with each other, and then all of them have a healthy rivalry with the Coast Guard, which is, the Coast Guard is what was meant by being able to form a militia in the Constitution, was what eventually turned into the Coast Guard. Hooters has uh, uniforms that are part of their brand, but I, I doubt low-cut shirt is their trademark. You could absolutely trademark it, though. Could you? I mean, Ohio State tried to trademark the and it didn't work. Well, that's because you can't trademark the word the. You could probably trademark a, a low-cut, not work-appropriate, I don't know why anyone actually goes there, t-shirt. You know why people go there. Right, it's for the wings. Apparently they do have good food, I've been told. I can't eat at any restaurant, but I've, I've been told they have good food. I have also been told that. Again. Never going to go there. Even else has good wings, B-dubs. I'm really struggling with this one. I'm really struggling to think of... I'm feeling like it's it's a, it's a something that has like a throwback uniform. I'll give you a hint. It's not... You weren't far off with Hooters. Oh. Strip clubs as a whole. No. B-dubs. No. Sonic? 
No. I didn't know if the roller skates being part of the uniform was trademarked. They should. I mean, that is part of their, their, their brand. The not far off was for the skimpy clothes. Okay. This was trademarked in 1959. So like full length dress, skimpy clothes in 1959? No, the very skimpy clothes in 1959. T-shirt and pants. Got it. I, I think you've got me at this one. <laughs> I, I really think you've got me at this one. Let, let me, Fuddruckers. Aren't they bankrupt now? And no. I don't know if they exist anymore. Yeah. I think they just went bankrupt because of the pandemic. See, this is hard because I can't eat anywhere. So I don't. It, it's not a restaurant. Oh, what what kind of service did they provide? Uh, they had clubs with a rule of no touching. Otherwise, you get kicked out. So a strip club. I don't think they were stripping, though. Okay. So an exotic dance club in Vegas? I mean, pretty much. Yes. Uh, what's a rather famous exotic magazine? The Playboy Bunny outfit? Yep. I'm sorry. The first company to trademark their uniform was Playboy. <laughs> was Playboy going, no, this is what you're all going to wear. If you're uh, curious, it's trademark with the uh, serial number 72171655. Uh, also, if you have that license plate, you left your lights on. It actually is no longer active. It expired in 2004. Oh, so anybody can now use the, the Playboy Bunny outfit. Yeah, if you go to like party Halloween store. You, you can get the official Playboy Bunny outfit. It's not official, but yes, you can absolutely buy those. I guess official as in it is the same one that was trademarked. Probably, yes. Well, hey, there you go. So the, the official rule was you couldn't touch the tail, otherwise you got kicked out because it had a tail. I'm sorry, the Playboy bunny outfits have a tail? Yes, they do. Oh, it's a bunny, so it's like floof ball things? Yeah, it's just like a, just a white orange, white a round orange ball, I'm pretty sure. Orange? What bunnies are orange? <laughs> a round white ball. Okay, wait, why, why did they draw the line at touching the tail? Like, did they, they allow them to touch people? Well, because in 1959, the, the original outfit wasn't like the most revealing because again 1959 right and each club actually had a seamstress on staff to tailor each uniform specifically for each person so you could make it skin tight they were all yeah so that way they could all be skin tight and that's why everyone was like oh it always like seems to fit them so well because it was literally they paid someone to make them fit and when you went home and when you like left that place you had to return it and it went into permanent storage i'm sorry there's a there's like a warehouse somewhere with the id number of everyone that's ever worn a playboy bunny outfit fit that no one's allowed to ever use but they just still have it yeah they've auctioned some off what and what what year is this what year do they i mean the clubs were open from 1959 to 1988 okay i was gonna say because the the whole skin tight thing i know that lycra spandex was around that time and that's what now people use to make skin tight things but it, that was invented in 1958 oh i mean they might have used this in starting in 1959 well it was invented by in DuPont Labs, so I don't know how quickly it got into circulation. And also, if you've, if you've paid enough to have a seamstress on site to specifically make it for each person, I doubt that they were using material that would have done that for them. True, but it's also Hugh Hefner. You never know with him. I don't. He did create a whole brand of... He's just an old man, but can get young woman to go with him. That is his brand. Yeah. I think the only thing I know about Hugh Hefner was that Stanley's cameo in one of the Iron Man movies was as Hugh Hefner. I believe Hugh Hefner's birthday is April 9th. Okay, yeah, you know significantly more about that than I do. That's what I got when I googled famous people with my birthday. Yeah, no, I have... Mm, so we both have equally as crazy people, okay? Yeah, but mine made art. People would argue, so did mine. I'm not saying they're right, but people will argue it. Yeah, Playboy is the first... I guess because who else would think to trademark black pants and black shirt or something? It's more surprising it took till... You would have thought some company before 1959 would trademark. Like, no, like, bar wanted to. No, like, saloon. 
You gotta wear a cowboy hat. Oh, only this style. This this indentation on the top. That's our trademark. You can't. What What are you doing? Why are you bending your hat that way? You're not allowed to do that. And if people are taking too long to order, you must just say pitter patter. Yes, but I guess also was Playboy that concerned that millions were going to want to you know make their own Playboy bunny outfits? Were they that concerned that uh to to trademark it? If it's trademarked, you get you can make money off of it. So that's probably more why. You want to wrap it up here? Thank you for joining us on the first non-themed episode in a while of the Hats All We Know podcast, because apparently I can't stop doing themes, and by popular demand. Next week is going to be a sports-themed episode again. If you don't enjoy sports, don't worry. It's not. We're not just going to be talking about American sports back and forth to each other without any context. We're going to pick the most fun or most interesting things about sports that we can think of and try to explain them as well as possible. If you want to see what our last one was, our last sports episode was Trains to France, so... Feel free to go and listen to that to see if you want to listen to our sports episode next week. But either way, thank you for joining us this week. We appreciate it. If you would like to, you can follow us on social media at Hats All We Know on Twitter and Instagram. And if you listen on Apple Podcasts, you can leave us a review. If it's any other podcast server, please subscribe so you can get notified when we have new episodes every Monday at 3 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. So if you're in other countries, you might get it during the middle of the day. So I'm not sure if that's good for you or bad for you, but like you'll at least have something to listen to on your walk home from your desk to the other side of your room. I don't I don't know if anybody else has a commute at this point. Feels like a long commute these days is from the desk to the bed like that's or the, the desk to the fridge. Oh, the fridge is a long one for me. Yeah, you have to go upstairs. Oof. Yeah, it's a, it's a long one. And now a pun. Thank you for joining us this week, where you are always welcome, and we will not be yelling, Get off my lawn! to you. Have fun. <laughs>